Off top, did you know that Jingle Bells was originally a Thanksgiving song? Look it up. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. What up, Charlie? Um, when do do we like? Like, I feel like the classic holiday songs are all old as hell. Like, Jingle Bells is now obviously a Christmas song, but it was from 1857. Like, I was trying to think of, like, contemporary, like, songs that are staples outside of All I Want for Christmas is You. Well, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only one. All I Want for Christmas is You. And I guess the history of caroling is why Christmas gets so Christmas jacked Thanksgiving for Jingle Bells, which I think the original song title was One Horse Open Sleigh. We have songs for I guess I could have done my own research. I'll do this later because I'm actually really interested. This is how we end up with these ridiculous off the top segments is because I am a walking rabbit hole. Yeah. I mean, Last Christmas is a good song. Also, shout out to Wham from 1984. Oh, but why we don't have like classic songs for other holidays, I guess. I mean, I guess there's like Fourth of July has songs, right? Yeah. Yeah. The ha- Halloween theme song. What the hell is the Halloween theme song? You know, na 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 It's all, all in all of the it's in all of the movies with oh. uh, Myers. Like oh, the yeah, actual yeah, yeah. Halloween oh, you mean Halloween song? movie? OK, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we I don't know. Bit of a tangent. But anyway, you texted me that you wanted to surprise me with a hot take. Let's get into it. Okay. Knowing you, you're a producer. You're going straight for the big names. Yeah, we're going to start with the Cowboys and the Eagles. The take I got for you, Dominique Foxworth, reported Dak Prescott fan. The Cowboys are a juggernaut. They are actually the most undercovered, underappreciated team in the NFL right now. We basically have talked about the Eagles the way we should be talking about the Cowboys. Their defense is better where it matters. Uh, they have better weapons now that everyone's healthy. Tony Pollard, probably the best running back in the league now that he's healthy. Gallup and Schultz are healthy. Um, C.D. Lamb is finally having 100-yard so, games. Okay, okay, okay. I don't oh, think this... I, oh, I got to get to the end. I got to get to the end. Okay, my bad, my bad. And I think what it comes down to is that if you truly don't believe that the Cowboys are the better team than the Eagles... What you're actually saying is, I don't believe in Dak Prescott. I, <laughs> I, it, it, I see we're going to end up there. And so to be clear, I, uh, by um, Tad, Dak's brother, I've been welcomed into the, or we've merged families to some degree. And I call Dak Cousin Dak. And you call me a Prescott fan. Lots of people on the internet and on the many TV shows that I do, like make fun of me for saying I like carry water for Dak and I'm biased for Dak and I'm a Dak Prescott fan. To be completely honest with you, and I think you know this, but you're just being an asshole. It's like, I'm not a Dak Prescott fan. I'm a fan of truth. And I got um, pigeonholed into this Dak Prescott uh, fandom situation because I there was a time, and I know people aren't going to remember this, and you all are going to act like I'm crazy and I I made this up, but there was a time when y'all thought Dak wasn't good. Yeah. And y'all talk about Dak like he was bad, like he was the problem. And the, the funniest thing about my evolution on Dak Prescott is when he was a rookie, I was advocating for Tony Romo to come back and start those playoff games because I watched those games and Dak was a hell of a caretaker, but I did not think at that point, a rookie quarterback had to like come from behind all that bullshit that you guys talk about. 
I believe that Dak didn't have it. And you know what changed? The funny thing is, what changed me is that game that they lost. And if you remember. Nobody loves losses more than you. Yeah, I love them because you're being sarcastic. But uh, the reason why I love losses is because the rest of y'all are stupid. And when somebody loses, you are unable to take anything useful out of that. You're like, oh, well, they lost. Must be in their bad. If you go back and watch that rookie first playoff game ever for Dak Prescott, they were down. He led three scoring drives in the fourth quarter against the Green Bay Packers. Three scoring drives in the fourth quarter of his first playoff game. And then Aaron Rodgers did that ridiculous rolling out crazy dime pass to the tight end on the sideline. And it was like a miraculous win. And somehow we left that season thinking that Dak was just a game manager because he had been managing games up until that point. And then the following seasons, it was all like, well, Dak can't take him to the next level. Dak can't take him to the next level. And I was watching like, no, Dak's really good. And then what really cemented me as part of the Dak Prescott family is that I got into it with Dan Orlovsky several times in the Dak versus Wentz debate. And we don't have to go into that now. Well, I do want to, I want to, I, Thank you for the background. We we all agree. I do want to actually talk about these teams, though, because the Cowboys, a week ago, we were all just like bending over backwards. Like, oh, the Vikings, they're not actually that bad. They're not that fraudulent. They're 8-1. They beat the Bills when the Bills gave them the game. They just doo-doo stomped the Vikings by <laughs> 37 did. points. They did. Like, and I, the I, I don't know. two constipated games in a row. The Cowboys are who we thought the Eagles were. I don't know what a doo-doo stomp is, but I think it's a good a good uh, description. I guess the, the Vikings would be the doo-doo and the Cowboys would be the boop, the boop in this situation. Yeah, it was a mess. It was an ugly beat-down game. And I am willing to excuse ugly games when you have a track record of great games. They don't have a track record of great games. They should have lost their last three because they yeah, should have lost to the Commanders and the Bills. Yeah, and... This was bad. So the Vikings are who we thought they were, despite what their record was suggesting. So I am not going to go all crazy. This was a big game. So if you yes. show up and and beat somebody down, doo-doo stomp somebody. I like it. We're going to move this into the vernacular and doo-doo stomp somebody like they just did. No matter who they are, it's not like you're playing a one double A school. Like it's a legitimate NFL team that has good players. So like the Cowboys deserve a lot of credit for that. But I want to take your... um. I want to fully analyze your take and we need to red team this thing mm-hmm. or like stress test it essentially. So I guess the first question is when we talk about the best teams in football, what are the things that we are talking about? We're looking for. So I think we start with the record. Yeah. And their record would suggest that they're in the realm of this conversation. They're not clear in a way the best team. So like that gives me a check there. They had the, I was going to point out that they were without their quarterback for a stretch, but that wasn't a bad stretch for them, actually. Um, The quarterback position, another one is solid there. But when you start looking up and down either of these rosters, you said a bunch of stuff that was like kind of opinion and unsupported. We'll get there. I got I got support. We can go one by one. I assume that you would. So let's go through them. So better defense and would you say in the right areas? Yeah. Well, we talked, you said one of the, the Dominique Foxworth points is what you want to be able to do is allow the run rather than give up explosives. Right. And I guess there are 
two really good ways to keep slower developing explosive plays from happening. One is have an incredible secondary. The other one is to get to the quarterback. They have the best guy in the NFL at getting to the quarterback, which just is limiting the time that the other, that the opposing quarterback has the football. I, yeah, Michael Parsons, incredible pass rusher. Uh, There was a big play averted that I think turned into a sack fumble because Micah Parsons beat Christian Derrishaw. Um, uh, Well, he didn't beat him that badly, but he beat him and Kirk Cousins held it. And when you're Micah Parsons uh, running 4-3, there is no time. Once he gets past the block, it's it's over and done for. There is no – I mean, the Derrishaw thing made me think about how there is no uproar about how – they keep throwing him out there despite the fact that he has concussions, but that's a, a talk for another pod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not. And it wasn't in prime time. It wasn't marquee, but they should be concerned about what they're doing to that particular player. But okay. So, and I mean, Lawrence also like their, their pass rush as a whole, it's not just Michael Parsons. He's yeah. the linchpin, but you're right. That pass rush is very good. Uh, the challenging thing for me is the depth though. The Eagles pass rush, I'm not even sure statistically where they rank, but I know they got names and they got guys that I respect as pass rushers. And then behind them, they got other guys that I respect as pass rushers. So Micah Parsons was a little bit nicked up this week. And he and that like that makes this team a little bit more fragile and hard to rely on. But at this moment right now, I think that's the way they have the conversation, because I don't think there's any arguing who's been more. That's what we have to do. Yeah. Sure. Who's been more impressive. Uh thus far this season, like if you bring it all together, I don't think you have a discussion. It's the Eagles easily. Right. Right. Yeah. But that, but that's the interesting point because the Cowboys roster has changed on the offense side of the football has changed so much in the, in the recent weeks. Schultz had been hurt all season is finally healthy Gallup. They worked back really slowly from the ACL. He's a legitimate wide receiver too. Dak is healthy. And then the Zeke injury with him coming back, going from a one, a to a one B do you remember the narrative that they were trying to spin? Can't have Tony Pollard out there more than 30 snaps. He's going to lose his explosiveness. The exact opposite is true. He is demolishing teams in the second half. Like our, our friend Bill Barnwell put out a stat that was basically like, oh yeah, after his 30th snap, seven yards a touch. So it's like, you know, they basically found someone who is as explosive out of the backfield as anyone in football. We don't have to either or Zeke or Tony. Well, no, no, it's just a flipping from one B. No, to no, no, no. I got it, but I, I guess I'm I'm talking to the argument that's not in this podcast that's out there is like bench Zeke never put him out there. Zeke has a value that, um, I noticed a long time ago that one of the big values Zeke is, and I think this is pre Tony Pollard. I remember putting this in the in a piece that I wrote for the Undefeated back when it was called the Undefeated about the value of turning a zero yard gain into a two yard gain or a three yard gain into a six yard gain that I don't know what to call that. We need a, a, a catchy name for it, but Zeke falls forward and giving somebody the ball on first and 10, just like your camera did right there for the podcast audience, go to YouTube and you can check this out. <laughs> um, great hoodie, by the way, nice Thanks, color. It's new. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so like there's a value. Um, and I noticed that when I was I was breaking down the Ravens film, I went to that game, but I, I watched the film also because like their offense is embarrassingly bad. Uh, and I wanted to figure out why. And part of it is 
those third down situations that you end up in, like best case scenario, you skip third down altogether. Right. <laughs> and you just like you convert the down set on second or convert it on first if you can. But if you end up in third down, what you're going to be, you want to be in a manageable third down situation. And part of that is having something productive on first down. So, yes, you want to throw a lot on first down, but you also need to run. You don't want them to know you're going to throw every first down. You need to run. And when you're running, if you can get four yards, that's great. If you can't get four yards, having negative one or negative two is killing your drive before it even starts. Having zero is like you might might as well have thrown it because at least you have a big play potential there. But getting two like, it's nice. Get you two right. there. Get you two again. Maybe you get somewhere around third and four and five or six. But anyway, that's a, a lot for me to say to point out that, yes, uh, Tony Pollard is more explosive, but uh, it doesn't feel it feels like Tony Pollard will give you a good run. But he and he'll maybe turn a good run into a great run, but he won't turn a negative or a zero into like a neutral or a slightly positive, which is a value that Zeke has. All right, that aside, back to the debate at hand. Right now, we're talking about these two teams. Last week, and I guess it depends on how you how you uh, experience what happened for both of those teams last week, because they both lost in games that they were better than their opponent. Right. right? And not only were they better than them, like you could argue they played better than them. So totally gacked that game. Yeah. Um, the given the Eagles the edge, and that's what it feels like we're debating right now is whose uh week ten was that? Whose week ten loss was like more or less embarrassing? No, that's I the- think we should talk about the Eagles in, in general too because they have had two weeks where they have not moved the ball like the Eagles, and that that's like no. illustrative in the in the point differential too. Yeah, I so I would disagree. I think yes, this Colts week they didn't move the ball like the Eagles. I think the Washington week, they uh, I'm sure the stats don't add up to them moving the ball as effectively because of some of the weird, ridiculous. They turnovers, barely had the ball, but their offense was good in that game. Like it, they had so many drives that were ended by kind of wild fluke plays uh, that it didn't feel like they had trouble moving the ball. Is all I'm saying. Like their their turnovers, two of their turnovers were like this close to being enormous plays. And so I I guess that's, I would say that if you step back and you look at the stats, yes, back-to-back weeks, bad offense from the Eagles. If you watch both those games, I think we have one week of bad offense from the Eagles. The the interesting thing about, yeah, the Colts week was much worse. I know they have good defensive backs. Jeff Saturday, we love you. Yeah, we we love you, Jeff. Uh, I've never met you, but I'm sure I'd love you. He would, he's a great human. Um, But so the, the interesting thing that we saw Okay, we, in both weeks, we've basically seen Jalen Hurts come come back from down, from down, which is, is always a concern with quarterbacks until we see him do it. But the way that they're doing it is something that actually has not been done in high-leverage situations against good teams in the playoffs, and that's him running the football, him continuing mm-hmm. to run the exact same offense they run. And personally, I think the Eagles are really good. I think he's really good. Yeah, I actually think right now, if you were to like line me up in a playoff game, I would trust Dak Prescott in those situations more than Jalen Hurts. Right. And part of that is Dak Prescott gets the ball to his most explosive players. He doesn't he's not just viewed as the runner, as the most explosive player, like, you know, between Devontae oh. Smith. Well, they don't have Goddard now. Yeah, I mean, J- Devontae Jalen Smith Hurts- and A.J. Brown have had three total hundred yard games this season. Yeah. Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts have to distribute the football to their best players. That's fair. 
Um, and I guess so what's more intriguing to me is the point that you made about trusting somebody in that clutch situation. Yeah. So I'll, um, for the sake of argument, go ahead and say that they're a draw everywhere else. And it's coming down to the quarterback, which I don't believe it is really, I don't believe it's true, but we can say that. And, and yeah, we've seen Dak lead game winning drives when, uh, you kind of have to have it in high leverage playoff situations. We haven't seen Jalen Hurts do that. Like he did it this week, but I don't know how high the leverage was in this playoff situation. To your point, he wasn't, it was a lot on it with his legs. Yeah. It wasn't throwing the ball all around. And I guess that's the question is when, because their season's been so successful, and this is a, a true kind of test of your offense is, or how good your team is, and your offense specifically, I guess, is, when they know what you what you have to do, can you still do it? Right. And so, like, when you're in a four-minute drill and you have to run the ball to put the game away, can you do that? When you are in a two-minute drill and you're down and there's not enough time to run it and you have to throw it, can you do it? Nobody can do it, like, at a level, a high, cons- a very high level of consistency. Except for... Yeah, except for like Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. Like we're talking Hall of Famers. Yeah. So yeah. like to be fair, you can be a great quarterback and it's kind of like game winning shots in basketball. It's like, yeah, we remember Kobe and Jordan for hitting a lot of game winners. We've erased all the times they missed them. I think I remember at some point it was like Carmelo had the best shooting percentage in those kind of situations, you know. Oh, yeah. it's insanely clutch underrated clutch with Pella. <laughs> so I mean that my point by saying that is if Jalen Hurts does not succeed in that situation and Dak Prescott, Prescott has fallen short in those situations many times and people grab onto that and wave it around like okay he's not Patrick Mahomes but he can also succeed in those situations on occasion so that's that's the big question and I think it's fair though I, I don't know that I would say this on any other form other than this one because i can trust you with some honesty everyone else would be kind of stupid about it but it's fair to have questions about how much we can trust jalen hurts in those situations i think he's capable of doing it we haven't seen him do it yet and if he fails doing it doesn't mean that he's not capable of doing it just because he didn't do it in his first chance there so all right I'll, i'll wrap it up in a second but i wanted to get to this point he can do it with his legs there. And part of the reason why it's effective is because they're taking away the other stuff. And mm-hmm. there is, I don't know what the opposite of like Dutch disease is, which like Dutch disease is like uh, when countries like over index on like one particular uh, resource and yeah. it like ends up ruining their economy, or whatever. But like, there's a possibility to have too many things, I guess. And which will lead you to like have too many options. It's nice to like have it, those decisions made for you. Like Tom Brady is like, all right, you know what we're not going to do zone read (laughs) that narrows down the decisions. But I tend to feel like it's better to have more options than, than, than less. So if you're in a two, I guess the the point is the long winded way of saying the point is the situation where you absolutely can't throw like it's so rare that i don't think it's worth either or i mean you absolutely cannot run it's so rare that i don't think it's worth 
even considering? The only thing I would say that considering that is we've seen them down in these games against the Colts and the commanders. And I think it's different when, you know, it's sort of uh, cantaloupes on the table time against the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs and you're down those 14 points because you know those teams are going to get to 30. They're going to get to 35. Um, well, and that's, he'd be the first guy ever to do it this way. Right. I'm not saying he can. I'm saying he's the first guy ever to really – if he if he starts to come back from games down by two mm-hmm. touchdowns, running the ball in those situations, I don't know if we've ever seen a quarterback do it yeah. at that level. I mean, I guess my point with that is there are some game situations where you have to get out of bounds and you have to throw the ball to get there. Running, calling design runs is different than calling RPOs and it's different than scrambling and running. So I guess my point is, and I haven't watched uh, the Colts-Eagles game with this in mind. Maybe I should go back and check that out. But it's different than, all right, something broke down and I have to run and we can still spike the ball. Right. You know what I mean? So I guess yeah. I think that's – I. I'm just trying to imagine an end-of-game scenario where you absolutely cannot run. And, like, they don't seem that common, I guess, to right. me is if everyone is um, playing deep zones to keep everything in front and you can run for 10 yards, you can run for 12 yards, it's going to take longer than throwing. So you might lose five more seconds, but it, it just feels like there's more of an opportunity there. All right. Yeah. So who's better? I mean, I think so far this year, I think Jalen Hurts is better. Well, and But like as a team right now, with the teams that are, are assembled, Goddard, Hurt, the Cowboys getting healthier, uh, assuming Micah Parsons is close to Micah Parsons, which team do you actually think is better right now? I still think it's the Eagles. Ooh, how about them Cowboys? I, 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 my underappreciated, not respected, not yeah, talked about right. enough that's Dallas right. Cowboys. The Cowboys, that's they it. don't get enough love on ESPN at all. Not treated <laughs> with the respect they deserve. Better point oh, differential. Man. Better point differential than the Eagles. Yeah. You know how people talk about the Cowboys or they talk about some players, some quarterbacks, like you should take less money so that you can win more and get more uh, endorsements and stuff. Like most of the time, I think that's baloney. But I feel like the Dallas Cowboys is the only place that can actually sell that. If you think about like the goddamn fullback is is doing games. It's unbelievable. Daryl Johnston is out here getting checks. Yeah. A square body is out here getting checks still. More than 20 years after he played. It's crazy. And not to mention that the two highest paid play-by-play guys, former Cowboys quarterback, and Michael Irvin crossing over from network to network screaming all this foolishness. Uh, Emmitt Smith, the only one that could make it work? Poor Emmitt. Yeah. I mean. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't good. He wasn't great there, but he's hell of a running back. I didn't like I was a Barry Sanders over Emmitt Smith guy. I'm oh, sure you yeah. were too. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The only reasonable position to, to take. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. 
Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash df today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash df. All right. Um, I teased some some Ravens talk. I went to that game. I went to two games this weekend with my son. I went to the um, the moral victory game where my Maryland Terrapins kept it close with uh, Ohio State. This is the second time they did that. They had Ohio State at home and almost beat them. So I don't know. It was fun. I was there on the sideline with my son. He's intense and locked in. And uh, I like Coach Locks. I think he's a guy. Anyway, yeah. this is a bit of a tangent, but he's a really good human being, good coach, and getting talent in there. They're getting better. They're heading the right direction. I hope that we can stick it out. I'm not a booster or anything, so I have no power, and I like my money too much to give it away. But um, anyway, to the other game, the Ravens game, uh, I think we expected it. Everyone expected it to be kind of a blowout. It was not. It was a tight yeah. game. Sorry about that. It was a tight game, and – one of the things that jumped out is just like how I don't know inept I guess the Ravens offense appears to be stuck in mud right now yeah and so I went back and and looked at that game to try to figure out what was going wrong with them and like I mentioned earlier it's the the drive killers are third and longs it's and you would think for this team that runs the ball so well that they wouldn't get in those situations and, and they stay out of them when they stay out of them, they convert. And that's the thing is that they got themselves in a lot of third and longs. And there's some big picture things that you can't really address. So like Robinson's there was their leading receiver. He broke a hundred yards, but it didn't feel like it. If you watch the game, you know, it was just like, he caught and, a bunch of and passes. ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Marcus Robinson's your number one receiver. Yeah. Like I, that's ridiculous. They, Lamar is really good too. And I, I noticed a few things. So it seems that Lamar has a grasp on the defenses that he's going to be facing better than he has in previous points of his career. And again, I've only kind of really broke down this one game. So maybe it's different in other games. But in this game, uh, the Panthers tried a bunch of different things. And Lamar seemed to be on top of most of them. The biggest play they got was when the Panthers like tried a zero blitz. Lamar found Robinson uh, running a slant, perfect pass. Robinson wasn't fast enough to score, but he, I think he ran for like 30 some, some odd yards. Really impressive. The zone stuff. It seems Lamar reads the zones and that's when he attacks the outside edges of the field, which is interesting because you'd really like to attack those spots when you have man, 
because you're like, all right, we got a receiver matchup in space. Let's attack these spots. But no, what he ended up doing in most of Robinson's catches were in cover three when the cornerback or cover four when they're playing off and the cornerback is off and concerned about also helping out on the slot. And it's like an easy five to eight yard pass at outside. That's when he attacks outside. And when yeah. it's man coverage, uh, and sometimes in zone, he does it like a deep over or something to Andrews. But when it's man coverage, that's when he looks for Andrews. And Andrews is a great tight end, but he's a tight end and he's not Travis Kelsey. And right. it's just a weird situation where they don't have somebody that they really trust. Uh, not even that they really trust. It's not about trust. Somebody that's going to make you pay for playing man coverage uh, and as a receiver. And the, the best person they have is Andrews. And he is... He's getting them eight, 10 yards, and that's not what you want. You want somebody that's going to scare you and might give you 30, 40. Well, we should also like mention that this has been going on for four years with Lamar. Right. He has not had a number one. He has not had a legitimate number one receiver in four years. He has not had a legitimate pass catching back that's explosive out of the backfield in four years. Mark Andrews is excellent. I think you'd probably say he's one yeah. of the three or four best tight ends in the NFL, but he's a tight end. He's, he's a different type of player. And the, the thing that's a bummer is. If I go if I go box score watching and I look at Lamar Jackson's stats since week three, I would say he's been really up and down and this has been his it has not been a good season because he since week three, six touchdowns, five right. interceptions, You'd six be yards and attempt. I know, but like that's right. If you if you like zoom out on it, it's a bummer because you have the guy who might be the most exciting player to watch ever at the position, literally ever at the position playing in an offense that's really not fun and really disappointing to where we thought they'd be after that Miami game, after that new England game, when we thought they were going to be explosive and put up points. It's still fun to watch him play though. Cause he's still in the course of the game does something crazy. And the interception in this game was, I mean, eight out of 10 times would just be like a batted ball, but the D lineman happened to like, I don't know, uh, like ingest it also. And yeah. it turned to an interception. It doesn't feel like a, you can be too hard on Lamar with that one. But I noticed that they they did a lot of three-man routes and, like, releasing people into the route later. But the original route concept is, like, a three-man route situation based off of the play action, which, to me, it's like those situations are – it's just – it boils down to I want them to take deep shots. Right. They don't have the personnel to do that. At all. Doesn't feel like that they have somebody. I mean, Duvernay's can run, but he's a punt returner. Yeah, but he's a punt returner. Yeah. And yeah. and Bateman getting hurt kills this team. And Hollywood not being healthy and being in the past. I mean, and yeah. and also not being as good as they would have wanted him to be. Like it really kills this team. And that's what it comes down to. Uh is yeah, they don't have home run hitters outside of Lamar, and that's part of the problem with the offense. In this particular game, all the drives that stalled, except for one, they had a third and two that they didn't convert. They ended up punting on that. The rest of them were like third and eight and more. And it's like nobody is com is completing those or converting those at high percentages, uh, particularly not a team that doesn't have a good, like a great wide receiver threat or like Mahomes level quarterback. I was looking at the numbers earlier and the Ravens actually aren't bad on those third and long situations. They're like middle of the pack. They're great on, on short third and shortish situations. So they got to stay in those, but yeah, it's just so much pressure on one player. And that's what it comes down to. It's an insane load on Lamar. It doesn't, 
it it's it doesn't support him playing at the highest level the way their yeah. offense is built right now and i i used to think the opposite i used to think that they had done a really good job of building a system that like highlighted his skills and i actually think that's gotten stale and the personnel is not good enough to support him not vice versa yeah um i also walked away with this game like feeling like impressed with steve wilkes which i know is mm-hmm. like the panthers we were a panthers pod for like a week um still have a special pay- place in yeah and I, I don't know, I, it's it's a bit of the same Jeff Saturday thing, but Steve Wilkes' situation was worse. Yeah. Like, it's less talent and, uh, and, frankly, like, a team that doesn't – they started trading away their good players, like a team that their best receiver – or I guess second best receiver they got rid of, their best player and running back they traded away. They're making it really hard for Steve Wilkes, and – he had that really terrible situation in Arizona where he was the head coach for one season and then they got rid of him. So I don't know. I'm rooting for him some, but I also feel like this team showing up and playing hard and being competitive most weeks, especially against a team like the Ravens is a testament to the job that he's doing. And this goes back to the point about you saying, I love losses. I'm fine with that. As there's, <laughs> there's something to be learned from a loss. And I think there's positive that's come from these uh some of these Panthers losses, particularly with still huge question marks around the quarterbacks question marks is probably put in nicely around a quarterback situation. <laughs> the nicest thing anyone said about Baker all year. Yeah, he's a big walking uh question mark. Um yeah, so I don't know. I, I hope that he can figure it out and he and they can uh he can figure out how to keep the job if that's something that I actually, I actually think that that team is like, even with the McCaffrey trade, they are to your point. I think they're much closer than the record is like, they have blue chippers on both sides of the ball. Um, Like really interesting ones too. Like JC Horn, uh, Brian Burns, Shaq Thompson's been really good for five years. I don't know. Um, DJ Moore has been excellent, never supported by a real quarterback. Um, Like they're, they're, they're a program that is like a couple pieces away from being like, wow. Didn't they suck last year when we look up at them and they're like a pretty good team? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right. Um, Is there anything to say about Patrick Mahomes? I feel like this, that I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to do this, but he, it's just human nature, I guess, to like become accustomed to 
these things. Was there anybody who didn't think he was going to come back and win? No. And like, he just does incredible shit all the time. And I guess Travis Kelsey also deserves credit because he's three touchdowns with Der- Derwin James, who right. the one player in the league who I thought had the size, speed, athleticism combo to um, give Travis Kelsey some work. But he went off last night, not all on Derwin, but I don't know. It's just uh, in this year, it doesn't feel like Mahomes is having an MVP season, despite the fact that we're talking about him like that. He's he does. The, he has these spectacular plays that we would have flipped out over two years ago. But now it's like, oh, like, do you remember when he did that goal line spin kind of push pass for the touchdown? Like and last time they played the Chargers, like it came and went. <laughs> he does that stuff all the time now. He's also like, we're going to look up right now. He's on pace to throw 48 touchdowns this season and just wait till he gets hot. <laughs> Like that's the, yeah, that's and it's the like crazy part. as as I talk about every week about how people need number one receivers to help them out. Yeah, and like having a tight end, just a tight end is not enough. Something I say all the time. It does not apply. Uh, like Andy, Travis, B enemy, Mahomes. As long as they protect, and that was one thing that I, I noticed in that game. It, it cooled off, but early in the game, he seemed like I hit way too much. Yeah, in the first quarter, and please don't do that. That's not fair to any of us. Protect that man. I mean, I think I do think it's one thing. It's really clear that the Chiefs are their offense is peaking. It's still improving, and that's a that's a really scary thought because they they are actually just playing their best players now. Like they stopped playing Clyde. They are getting well, more touches in the right space to to Travis Kelsey. Like and, these, I mean, this is the closest Mahomes has been numerically to his MVP season. Like they're getting better. And two of their best receivers weren't healthy in this game. And Kadarius got hurt too. So like, and this offense is not slowing down. So as much as I liked uh, Tyreek Hill as a player, moving on from him was the smart move and focusing on that offensive line. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, I hate to say it, but like, like, how do you argue against it? Couldn't they just have him and win the Super Bowl this year? Yeah, they could have. But, I mean, what'd they get? They got some draft picks or something? Uh, yeah, I think they got – let me double check. A one and I mean, two. I guess that's the point is if they had to take a slight step back but still be the best team in football. Right. <laughs> but give themselves more shots at replacing these great players with new great players who are cheap, then – it feels like the right move. I don't know. How much better would they be with Tyreek Hill right now, do you think? I mean, they can't be – do you think they're the best team in football right now? I think they're the best team in football anyway. Yeah. Uh, I just, like – I mean, so it, it might say. make it a little bit more, like, uh, these wins might be – they wouldn't have to come back as much or something. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's the, – it's, I always think of, like, there was something that Larry Bird said about the Celtics in the 80s. He said that there were three unstoppable players in the NBA, and we got two of them. He was talking about himself and Kevin McHale, and Kareem was the other one. And uh, I think about the NFL. It's like there are three unstoppable players in the NFL, and they had they actually had two of them with Josh Allen being the third. And that's crazy. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. It would be nice to have some three-play touchdown drives instead of eight-play touchdown drives. And also there's some of those punts that would have been uh, – that would have been avoided if they had Tyreek Hill, but they don't. So we'll figure out who the next Tyreek Hill is going to be. All right. That's it. Anything else we want to hit before we go on the roses and thorns? 
subscribe, listen to Debatable, the podcast also on YouTube. You'll get more of Dominique Foxworth, Pablo Torre, and a bevy of awesome guests. Appreciate it, Charlie. See you later. Uh, we have another episode, right? Thanksgiving, we'll have one more for the people on Thanksgiving because we're hardworking people. All right. <clears throat> now for everyone's favorite Foxworth, Roses and Thorns. He's so good! How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. All right. Time for everybody's favorite Foxworth, Ashley Foxworth and Roses and Thorns. Hello. Hi, honey. Hey, bud. How are you? I'm doing fabulously, just getting things ready for Thanksgiving, which, of course, I'm excited about. I don't know. I see you got the apron on. That's actually because I was just putting chicken in the crock pot for dinner tonight. It's the last meal I'll be cooking, and it's a lazy meal before Thanksgiving food. But, um, yeah, but then I figured it matched my, you know, Thanksgiving yeah, vibe. It goes with the Thanksgiving vibe. We're hosting Thanksgiving. So it's always. I literally, though, just forgot to take it off. And, like, just now when Dominique's like, nah, it's time to get started. Y'all have time to take it off. So, you know what? It's part of the vibe. It matches my Thanksgiving. Mm, whatever. you just trying to look relatable um all right so. <laughs> no it's not relatable because i have the flyest apron that is a nice apron um holiday time it's my favorite time um how do i say this nicely he you always be, dances around offending me you be getting oh yeah i gotta be careful with my words as i mean i've learned many times that if i say the wrong thing it can get it can ruin a whole date night guys it, it we had the first date, date night in like lo a long time for us which ruined is like, because i said the wrong thing that was it was the pivot yeah it was like he pivoted weird to this story and i was like the connotation from the previous story applied a negative connotation to the pivot which wasn't supposed to be negative but then i got all in my feelings but it's okay i still love you and it's the holidays yeah but i mean as, as much as you love the holidays you have a. Uh, a a what an anxiety i guess is the word it's the word that we always is like, he is trying it... to rename this segment ashley's anxiety like why are we talking about this i because, also have like, a great get... joy i feel greater feelings period how about yeah, that? that maybe that's it you get easily upset at the holidays is that fair to say why are you always talking about me like i have which i do everyone has mental health concerns mental health as well work on it but um yeah, no, I yes, made it up. I Never do. mind. I take it no, back. No, you didn't make that up. I do. But I also do the same about like birthday parties. I used to get so annoyed with my mom when we were little because anytime she'd be about to entertain at our house, she became so difficult to live with. And I think it was that we were difficult for her to live with. Um, and I just felt like, like we were always like, on eggshells. But I realize I'm like that, but our kids don't respect me. Like I respect my mom. They don't bother to be on eggshells. They're like, nah, this is my house. I'm still living it. Why are these people here that you're trying to entertain? Like, why are you trying to clean the house so you can have people over? You think my mess isn't good enough for them to see? Like they really just, but yes, I do accept that, that I do have like greater anxiety around the holidays. Um, but also I have greater joy around the holidays. Like, sure. So I just feel all my feelings. Um, that actually relates to like one of my just larger roses. So I can just say that now. Oh, rose time. It really isn't like last week. I think my thorn honestly was more negative towards me than it was negative towards you. So this time my rose isn't necessarily more like a positive thing about you. It's just an observation. I love you so much all the time uh -huh. but i feel like maybe i love you more around the holidays like i just love like being with family and like like whether it's like at home doing like baking cookies or prepping for thanksgiving 
or on anytime we go out around the holiday season. I don't call it a date. I call it a holiday date. Isn't that good? Oh um, going on how I'm just so good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so creative. Oh my god! I think Emerson's doing gymnastics with her cast above me. I hear it. Um, I'm sorry. She stayed homesick today. Your um, your profanity. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh no, no, I don't mind it. It's just like you. No, actually... I'm sorry to Christina. And I'm sorry to Christina. Yeah, now she has to go and edit it out. Um, but it's we were at uh our nephew's. I was just party. trying to give you a rose, and now you're talking negatively about me. This, this is not is negative. I just was pointing out a funny story. It is because I know the story. All right, never mind. Go ahead, give me your. Go roses. ahead. You I said. I said in front of a bunch of four and five year olds at a birthday party because I couldn't figure out how to light a match. Well, maybe if my mom hadn't given me a matchbook from 1981, <laughs> literally it was from September 1981 when we looked at it. And therefore my sister, my little sister, whose son's party it was had already tried. And she was like, can someone else do it? And I was like, oh, honestly, I'm 50 50 with matches, even if they're good. Like lighting matches isn't my strength, but I like a good challenge. Right. And so I tried and it just ripped in my hand and I looked at the date and I'm like, this isn't on us, Selena. Like mommy gave us bad matches. So the rose was that you love harder. I just... love you so much. Like I really enjoy being around you at the holidays. Like I'm excited to every year to not just have all of our family over for Thanksgiving, but to host it with you and to like make it a special day with you. I was going to say with you and our kids, but they don't help. Like they don't help make it a special day. Literally Declan, Declan gets injured a lot around Thanksgiving. We've had a bad track record. We don't really know why. Um, so we just have to like keep an eye on him and like make sure we don't end up at the ER on Thanksgiving or the day before or the day after Thanksgiving. Those aren't our good luck days um, with him. He's a wild one, guys. He's a climber. He loves to climb. Um, but he's older now. So I think he's actually just a good climber at this point, which is scary, but whatever. He can get farther. Um, but anyway, so I, that's one of my roses. Like it's very just... It's not like you necessarily did anything special. Like you just live being me as I yourself. Yeah. Didn't die last week. You didn't. And you've made it to another year of holidays. And I'm so grateful to be here with you. Um, let's see. I have other roses for you. Yeah. Oh. And one involves like you mentioned, we went to my nephew's birthday party this weekend. We just had a lot of like fun family times. Like I got together on Sunday with some cousins who I don't see much who are in town for the holiday. Most of my family lives in DC, but I have some people who have defected like weirdos and left. Um, but I love them so much and got to see them and their babies. But we had family time. It was like not one-on-one, -on -one, but two-on-one -on -one with us and Declan, our son. Um, on Saturday, we went to a football game at Maryland. And then you actually took him to a Ravens game too. The next day, I missed that one. That was doing family, other family stuff. But um. It was just so nice. Like, I think sometimes um, our girls, we have two girls and we have a boy. And the boy, like, in so many ways wants to be just like his father. Um, but the girls just like, but he, like, also gets annoyed. Like, they, like, I feel like he needs a little brother or a brother, like, to, like, get out all this energy with. Instead, he looks at you like you're his brother and he wants to, like, tussle with you yeah, and, like. Wrestling and fighting and punching and tackling. And you don't always want to do it. Um, and it leads to, you know, sometimes having, like, being frustrated with him, I think. Um, and, and I'm not saying that's like a knock on you. That's just our reality right now. Um, but the girls just like look up to you and have the most loving relationships. So, like I have so many pictures of you and the girls where I'm like, oh my God, they're just the cutest. They're so in love. But you and Declan had a marvelous weekend full of like, and that's not about getting cute pictures. Like that's not the point of this, but like of like beautiful moments and like wonderful memories made. And so I'm lucky that I got to go with you guys on Saturday. And I'm also lucky that I didn't have to go with you guys on Sunday. Um, 
and that you had because it was freezing yes um but you had such a good time with him so thank you and like he loves watching football so like this was like his his wonderful weekend just two football games with his daddy and maryland almost beat a really good team i mean they didn't they end up losing by like a lot of points but they almost beat ohio state so that was fun to be there for that yeah it was a lot of fun it felt like a win i mean it's i mean they lost zero to 30 the week before so to penn state yeah so it was a win so that's another rose um okay i have two thorns one's quick he said to me the other day and he was in a funky mood i can't remember about what in the car this wasn't even the day our date went bad because we were ubering that day we were driving in the car with avery and i remember you said i asked you if you wanted some oh with declan oh i know because we were running late for he hates running late for things um but it wasn't like totally it wasn't my fault it just was the way it was right and so he was just a little bit like on edge and i said do you want some of my milkshake and he said nah i'm good what are you supposed to say when someone offers you something and what's funny is I said, he's about to tell me, nah, I'm good. And my mom was like, I'm going to offer him some milkshake, even though I think his little grumpy behind is going to reject it. And then I was like, I bet you he's going to say, nah, I'm good. And sure enough, he said, nah, I'm good. You say no, thank you. Okay, good to know. Okay, so that's one thorn. The other, which is larger, but also like less important, but also larger, is I've been seeing a lot of things on my Instagram, an Instagram page that I follow called like Black Twitter or something, but otherwise I'm not on Twitter. So like, I don't... But about how black, how Twitter's dying, that's all the reason I know about this. I guess I've seen it on CNN too, but whatever. Um, and there have been really funny memes and stuff about it on that Instagram page. But with Twitter dying and Twitter being the only social media that you even remotely know how to use, I really need you to improve your Instagram presence because anyone who knows me knows I really like Instagram. Um, and I like tag Dominique and stuff and send him stuff and like... There was the cutest video of him and my son dancing together and all these cute pictures that we took recently. And I send them to him like easy, like throw it up there. You got to write a little caption, right? And he'll never post them. But I really feel like I look at your friends, your coworkers, and they like have big public Instagram pages. And like, I feel like it's kind of should be a part of your job to like get to, you are making weird spaces to get to like, like you should be doing this and I would do it for you, except for then I would get to be in your D- read who's in your DMs, which since you're somebody who won't even share your location, you probably don't want me to do because I'm sure your DMs are so popping. Um, and I would also I've seen people do like the joint posts, like two people posts, and I could just like tag you in all my posts and then maybe I don't know how that works. Maybe it would show up on your page. But then I think I might have to be public, which given my anxiety, that kind of scares me that like anyone could see my Instagram page, but you never know, like maybe it wouldn't scare me one day. But, um, but yeah, so I just think I need you to do better. Okay. I try to like, what's it called? I'm good. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Bye. Love you. I love you too. Even though you are a, what's that word you use? Shucks. Curmudgeon? A Luddite. Luddite? Yeah, even though you're a Luddite. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Christina, Sarah, Addie. You guys are all awesome. Charlie, Ashley, you're the best. Um, Everyone, great holiday. Oh, yeah, actually, I'm wishing everybody a happy Thanksgiving, but we have an episode coming out on Thanksgiving. All right, buddy. Love you. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. 